CBC podcast where we explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. My name is Joel Lapierre, high school director at LBC. And this is Kevin Mincies, the junior high director at LBC. Kevin, you're finally on, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're finally here and you're you're in junior high ministry. How's that going? Yeah, it's good. Uh, Cassie and I got to Bakersfield in July and we're all moved in with our new puppy, and it's good to be married. <laughs> I've met your puppy. Your yeah. puppy's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's good to be in Bakersfield, and happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you can finally join us and be a co-host on the podcast. And today we uh, have our missions director, Real Pinot, with us. So thanks for coming on. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, we have her on because we want to talk about the market of hope and Uh, The Market of Hope is coming up October 20th, so we thought it would be really timely to get her in here and kind of explain to us a little bit about the vision of Market of Hope, the the history of Market of Hope, the reasons why we do it. Um, So just briefly, the Market of Hope is just, it's an awesome event that's happening October 20th, where we transform our courtyard into a marketplace that displays different ministries across the world that we support. So it's a really fun event. I remember doing it when I was a little, little kid in elementary school and um, it was, it's, it's just an awesome memory of mine and I love that we continue to do it. So, yeah. So the first question for you real is how did the market of hope start? Great question, Joel. Well, market of hope started way back in 1998 when some of the lay people here at LBC wanted to encourage the church in sacrificial giving to the poorest of the poor around the world. It was originally a world relief partnership and most of the money raised went to world relief projects. Over the years, we'd also raised some money for a couple of our global partners, but the real focus for the first 14 years was world relief. Then back in 2012, we made the decision to focus Market of Hope entirely on our own global partnerships and no longer have it to be a way to raise money for world relief. Although they're a great ministry, a solid ministry, we wanted to make it more personal to our church and our church family. At that point in time, we were at a real turning point as a church. There'd been a lot of loss, and I think Market of Hope was one of the things that we all rallied around. Mm -hmm. We could look outside of ourselves and do something meaningful in the world. That year, giving doubled. I believe that the church family felt a personal connection to each partner participating in the market, and it felt really a sense of deep connection at a completely different level. We thought it might be just an exceptional year, and we were grateful, but every year since, it has been just as good or even better. It's been exciting to see God continue to grow something over such a long period of time and still feel such an energy behind it. Yeah, that's awesome. I I love the change. I I love World Relief, and I remember doing that Mm -hmm. with the little coin boxes and stuff in children's ministry, but I love that we made that personal because... um, I mean, I've had the experience of being able to go to India and then I went to Uganda and then my wife's been to Romania a lot of times and just being able to and build Kenya, a, you don't forget Kenya. I did, yeah. And Kenya too. <laughs> You're right. Thank you. <laughs> I spent more time in Kenya actually. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I love that personal connection cause I've gotten to know so many ministry partners across mm-hmm. the world and to see them come, you know, to, to LBC on that day and just to be able to kind of build that relationship. Would you, I just... It's, we have a beautiful relationship with these people and with these uh, these ministries, and so it's special. And I'm excited too that you know we have Pastor Wilfred coming into you know coming down to Remedy to to preach. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I just love those certain those different little mm-hmm. 
you know, ways that we can partner with them and they can partner with us. So Absolutely. It's special. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Earl, thanks for sharing. Uh, how did, how did we start? Um, can you share why do we do Market of Hope? Yeah, we do Market of Hope because Jesus speaks often about the importance of defending the weak, the orphan, the widow, the poor, the oppressed. We do it so that the gospel can be proclaimed in these places. We do it out of obedience and out of love. There are a lot of benefits to Market of Hope, even in our own church. Our little kids, like Joel talked about, our youth, and every stage of adult participate. They learn about prayer, about giving. They learn how to be generous. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. They learn that there are people with very little in the world and that they can actually do something about this. They learn about diversity, culture, and that, most importantly, Jesus is the only one that really satisfies, no matter the circumstance. There are not many opportunities for multi-generational effort, and I think it brings energy to the church and a feeling of real family as we pool our resources on this side of the ocean to reach people on the other side of the world. Another wonderful benefit is that it brings our international partners to us, which was what Joel was talking about. They're real people. They're part of the LBC family, mm -hmm. and we know each other well. It's exciting, really. I could go on and on, but to <laughs> truly answer your question about why we do it, we do Market of Hope to take Jesus' name to the ends of the earth and ultimately to bring him glory. Awesome. Thanks, Real. Mm -hmm. uh, so the podcast is really designed to talk about theology and to talk about um, scripture and really exploring scripture and the reasons why we do the things we do in our Christian practices. And so, uh, is there any scriptural reason for doing the Mark of Hope? And if so, what are they? Oh, so many, <laughs> um, so many. Mark of Hope, as I mentioned pre previously, is scripturally founded, but there are so many scriptures about putting our faith into action. And this is one way to do that. I've read statistics that there are some 2,000 verses on poverty and justice in the Bible. I'm especially fond of Psalm 82, 3 and 4, which gives us some marching orders to defend, uphold, rescue, ultimately deliver the orphan, the poor, the oppressed, and the needy. It's where most of Jesus's earthly ministry took place. We can always look at the least of these scriptures from the Matthew 25 parables where Jesus says, as you did it to one of the, of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61, where we are told to bring good news to the poor. And of course, the good news is the gospel, not the stuff. But I think my favorite passage right now might be from John 6, 24 and 37. Tw I'm sorry, John 6, 24 through 37. To best explain the scriptural basis for Market of Hope. Pastor Eric's going to preach on it on Market of Hope Sunday, and I'm excited to hear his thoughts on it. I, th I think we should look it up. Would either of you like to read it? Yeah, sure. I'll read it. John 6, yeah. 24 through 37. Okay. Starting in verse 24, it says, So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. 
do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do, that we may see and believe you? What what work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to, the, to you that you, sh- you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, that's a good one. So, Market of Hope is a bit like the manna from heaven in these places. It provides tangible gifts, food, education, self-sustainability for widows, orphans, and the poor. It offers a warm place to rest for a refugee who has fled the terrors of war and persecution and has nowhere to call home. These are real needs, and Jesus often provided practical hope for these same people. He is the example. But he says in this scripture that only he can give the gift of eternal life, where they will never be hungry or thirsty again. This gift of eternal life is the essence of hope. I think of it like the market as the practical love and giving and the hope as the gift of eternity. So market of hope, get it? Yeah. I didn't make that up, but <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure that's not how it started, but but I just love how God speaks to us yeah. in these ways um, through his word. And it really just all comes down to who is Jesus and how do we glorify him with, mm. through our gifts and our giving? Mm-hmm. Um, I've personally had the privilege to see some of these gifts given out over the years. It remains one of the most humbling things I've ever gotten to do on a missions trip. Hearing the stories of how a single sheep has educated generations is moving, mm-hmm. but hearing how lives were subsequent. I'm sorry, subsequently changed for eternity and whole families and even people groups are now reached with the good news is almost more than I can put into words. Um, It all starts with the kindness in meeting a real need for people who are desperate, but it ends in offering the bread of life. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I remember when I first came to LBC in 2014 and I'm there. I was new to the new to the church, and I remember going to the courtyard and mm-hmm. and just hearing drums and <laughs> people wearing different clothes and <laughs> there's tents and and you know there's a lot of countries represented. But it was so neat not just to see different countries and what they eat, but also hearing the needs and um, also hearing about you know the need for for Jesus and the gospel mm-hmm. and how you know like, as you mentioned bringing. Uh, sheep or something that we take for granted can change a life, change mm-hmm. two generations, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Yeah, um, it's really neat. So, um, why do we focus uh, on mo- market of hope on international giving? Aren't there needs in Bakersfield, real? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Yes, there are lots of needs here in Bakersfield, 
And we encourage everyone here to be the church in their neighborhoods, their schools, workplace, our community. As a church, LBC actively supports the rescue mission every week. Many LBCers are involved at the Pregnancy Center, YFC, other fantastic local ministries. The church also provides financial assistance to these and other local ministries. In other words, we encourage all Christians to be a light where God has them. And so local outreach is simply put, being a Christian. Mm -hmm. It's not an option. You are to be a light where God has you. We, are, we also encourage you to be involved locally in what brings you joy, as this is usually from the Lord. We as a church don't need to make this happen, as the opportunities for local outreach are endless and available. When we talk about global giving, like Market of Hope, this is much more complicated. We know that the last words Jesus spoke in Matthew 28 before the ascension was to go and make disciples of all nations. We have a deep conviction to take that literally. If it's the last thing Jesus emphasized, it must be very important to him. In Acts 1.8, Paul tells us, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. At this point in time, the church, back when Paul was writing this, the church had already reached Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. So they were being encouraged in their local outreach to be witnesses where God had them. But some were going to have to move out towards the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth had not been reached in Paul's day, and we still aren't done. Back then, America was unreached. We were the ends of the earth. But now we have easy access to the gospel. Today, though, there are 3.6 billion people who have yet to hear the gospel in unreached areas or the ends of the earth. These people who are lost are not more lost than your neighbor or family member who does not know Christ, but they are unreached in the sense that they have not had an opportunity to even hear the gospel. The issue is not their lostness, but their access to the gospel. There are people in the United States that have not heard the gospel, probably some in Bakersfield, but they could if they wanted to. With Market of Hope, we're investing as much as we can into unreached. Um, this year, that is India, the deaf in Haiti, South Sudan, and with refugees. Our partnership in Kenya was once unreached, but because of 25 years of effort, they are now reached. Wow. Do we walk away from that now that they're reached? We don't think so. It's a relationship. They're part of the LBC family. Mm -hmm. And we want to help the local churches there to grow stronger and to be the light where they are. Uganda and Romania are a little messier. In Africa, there is so much false teaching. And in Europe, it's really become post-Christian. Mm -hmm. So these partners are a bit more like our local outreach efforts as well. They have been reached for many years. However, we're helping build up the local church and local believers there to be the light where God has them. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that does. Yeah, I think Thanks. that helps a lot. Yeah, I think yeah, I appreciate you explaining that because I think it it is hard to kind of understand like why why is our outreach um, across the world so like formalized maybe and there's so much giving towards that and mm -hmm. you know kind of the question is you know, what about the people around us but um, yeah I love that you said that you know we're you know 
we have the ability here to, in our everyday Christian lives, be witnesses to the people around us in our workplace, in school, mm-hmm. um, you know, at daycare, um, you know, all around our neighborhood. We um, need to do that. Yeah, and we need to do that. You know, Christ has commanded that. Um, but that takes, um, I'm not going to say maybe not less of an effort, but global outreach takes like a, a huge um, formalized effort mm-hmm. to pool our money together and to support certain ministries and be precise and to, to travel over there and make sure things are going well. And it takes a, it takes a whole different way, a different pr- approach than local ministry. The accountability here. is a lot more difficult to assess yeah. internationally. So you have to be careful in how you spend yeah, your money. Absolutely. So it takes a whole nother approach. So I appreciate you, you sharing that with us. So. Yeah, and it's also really cool, too, just um, how kids are able to see that they can, even though they're in third grade or junior high or high schooler and maybe not able to uh, physically go as a first grader to (laughs) Romania, and and maybe they can, but uh, in a practical way, this is great um, exposure and uh, a lesson for them to see that there are people that don't have this uh, access to the gospel mm-hmm. as easily as we do here in Bakersfield or in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really encouraged that, um, you know, I've been here my entire life for 26 years mm-hmm. and been able to... You old man. I'm, I know I'm such an old man. <laughs> um, but I've been able to see uh, Market of Hope get, you know, better and better in our giving, like you said, like go higher and higher. And so, um, you know, I love that. I think LBC's heart is to support the Mark of Hope and support our our ministry partners across the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we want to get even better. We always want to get better. We want to serve more. We want to give more. Um, so, how can we as a church better support you know this vision of the Mark of Hope? Well, I really think our church gets it. Um, we may have some new folks or some that would rather see money given to those in need here at home. But I think the vast majority see this as a unique opportunity to support and encourage ministries of those we know well and trust around the world. There's accountability. Um, We see that what we give is being given. These gifts are practical tools to help the poor, the widow, the orphan that our partners and missionaries need to earn the right to speak truth to those who are suffering in ways we don't really see here at home. Once you have sat and eaten in the home of someone without running water, where chickens are running in and out the door, which is really just a raggedy curtain blowing in the wind, <laughs> and experienced their hospitality. You've seen it, Joel. Oh, You've yeah. been in these mud huts. Yeah. Um, and you experience their hospitality and the sheer joy at your coming. Mm-hmm. You really can only do one thing, and that's to invite others to be part of it. They can't all go. We can't all go. I've had the privilege to go. So have you. We're going to get Kevin out there. Yeah, we are. Um, (laughs) But we probably have had about 300 different people from our church visit these places that we give to over the years. Um, You can't help be generous after that and encourage others to get involved. It's the gospel lived out in such an easy way to understand. And as an added bonus, your money goes such a long way in these places. I love the scripture from 2 Corinthians 9, 7 that says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's what I see at LBC with Market of Hope. 
cheerful giving. Mm -hmm. Kids are excited to give, excited to learn, excited to taste a new culture, and adults engage on all levels as well. I was here back in 1998, and I wasn't a baby like you were back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, as an adult, I've seen this legacy of giving year after year, but I'll never forget 2012. I saw cheerful giving in a whole new way. There was no compulsion or guilt. It was just almost a giddiness in giving. Mm. God's going to bless that every time, mm -hmm. don't you think? Oh, yeah. I think as long as we are obedient and looking up and out, Market of Hope will continue to be part of LBC's story. I think everyone loves being part of that. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Real, for sharing that with us. I think that's a you know a huge blessing for me and Kevin and yeah. for everyone listening, just to, to see the vision of the Market of Hope and, and the history of it and um, the scriptural reasons behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, it. I hope that and I pray that this supports uh, what you're doing and what uh, the Market of Hope is doing um, in the lives and the ministries of uh, the people around the world. So, yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you, Joel. And I just want to say I have such... Um, so many special volunteers that get behind Market of Hope to put it on. Yeah. And in particular, uh, Jenna DeCruz and Kevin Bartell are on my core team. Yeah. And we fondly call Market of Hope the happiest time of the year. So <laughs> it really, we just get excited. It's yeah. a lot of work, but it's so much fun mm -hmm. because there is such a great response. And the, it's such a church-wide um, effort and yeah, it, it's a blessing. It's yeah. just a blessing. That's awesome. It's beautiful. Great. Yeah. Um, I just want to say to you, uh, the passage you shared, I love that you shared Second uh, Corinthians 9, 7, for God loves a cheerful giver. Yesterday at youth group, we had a junior hire give 80 bucks. Um, and as a junior hire, that's like, that's a lot of money. That's a <laughs> lot of money. I don't think I had that much money as a junior hire. <laughs> and, uh, but really seeing his cheerfulness was mm. It really drew me back, and um, it was cool to just see their excitement to mm -hmm. um, not just give, but to know that it's not just about the stuff, but seeing the gospel. And this is a kid who loves the Lord and um, is a firm believer in the vision of Market of Hope. So that was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's what keeps us going. It's exciting. Great. Thank you, Real, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the LBC Podcast, a podcast of Lordland Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. If you like listening to this podcast, please share with a friend and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all new podcasts. Thank you for listening in, and God bless you. We'll see you next time.